Auzubillahiminashaitanirrajim In the name of Allah the Gracious, the Merciful Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh Peace be upon you all and welcome back to another edition of Drive Time Show with myself Saad and Brother Sajil It's always good to be back here and it's 30 degrees outside today Just checked mm. before I came online <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, Let's check out what the weather is like It's beautiful outside it's, The sun is shining It's 4 or 6 right now And we have two interesting topics again this week First of all, Assalamu alaikum Shajil, how are you? Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi Peace be upon you And of course uh, to our listeners as well and like you said, it's always a good, uh, it's, you know, it's always a, it's a blessed opportunity to come back to the studios and Correct. talk about talk about the teachings of Islam in, in a, in a wider perspective. Sometimes we, you know, we we talk about Islam, you know, such as a religious point of view, but talking about it how it's applicable in in today's day and age, that is that's so that's something which is quite beautiful, and that actually shows us that Islam is not just a religion but a way of life, and that it's not just a medieval religion, right? Correct. It is for the end of time. It's a universal religion. It is a way of life, as I just mentioned, until the end of time. The teachings in the Holy Quran, which have been explained to us very beautifully by the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, they, 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 we can apply that in, you know, in, in our day-to-day lives right now as well, and that's something that we're going to be talking about as well. Yes, Shaji, well, 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 sold here. You know, the first topic of uh, for the first hour today is zero waste. Is it even possible? Yeah, we are asking this question. You can always tell us your answer on 0208 687 or mm. you can DM us or tweet us or message us at Voice of Islam UK. Let us know is zero waste possible? Yes mm. or no? And in the second hour, another interesting, very important topic also, yeah. which is identity crisis. Yes, very living very in the West as a young Muslim. It's really difficult, obviously, Shajil, myself and you are still young. All our listeners are young. So how is it um, living in the Western society mm. and practicing um, Islam at the same time? Also, let us know your answer. Um, you can always call again at 208 and obviously message us, direct message us, tweet us. Or X us now, I think it's called. <laughs> on what's I don't Islam know what it's called. Yeah. So... Please let us know your answer. How is mm. it living in the West as a mis- young Muslim? So obviously, let's start off with, with today's topic, yeah, which is about absolutely. zero waste. Before we start off about zero waste, it's always we, why we always ponder upon these um, topics over and over again is about awareness. It's about awareness. So making exactly. sure the message gets out there. The people do know what is zero wastage, what is recycling, how can we use renewable in, um, energy, or what are the renewable sources and mm. how can we as households um, play a part in, in the better future for our exactly. next generations? Exactly. Because obviously, you know, when we talk <coughs> about, when you talk about zero waste, right? Yes. It, a, a, a sort of a question naturally pops up into our minds. Is zero waste even possible? Correct. The way that we live our life, if we look at how you know, we live our lives, there's so many things that we use and uh, you know which are which are just single use yes whether it's plastics whether it's uh, whether it's paper whether it's other things as well whether it's cardboard there's a lot of things that we you know don't even realize we're using those things on a day-to-day basis and the things we use the things that we need and the things that we don't need we discard it we just throw it in the yes. bin or 
you know, if you know, if we do have the option to recycle, then that's a very good thing. That's very positive. But not everybody has that opportunity, and you know, not everyone exactly. Not everyone has those specific bins as well. Those yes. recycling bins. You know, some boroughs, uh, such as in Merton, right? This the borough that we're in right now. They do have, you know, they have bins as a, such as you know trash and what you know, the, the, and that rubbish is going to go to the to the bin, right? The the big the dump, but then you have you know uh, recycling as well, and then you have food waste. Yes. So there's a lot of different categories as well, but in some boroughs I've seen myself, there's no facility like that. Interesting. On a on a on a on a household basis, if you want to recycle, obviously you can, but you have to go to a specific area, a specific place, and then recycle all of your things over there. Mm-hmm. So not every borough, specifically talking about here in the UK, not every single borough is the same when it comes to, you know, waste, food waste, recycling, and all of that as well. For example, my borough, right, uh, it has this facility, mm. and. It's always obviously my mother looks out, make sure when I'm throwing mm. the bin away, she's like, okay, Saad, make sure you throw this one in with this lid on top of it. Yeah. And make sure yeah. you throw <laughs> this things in yeah. the paper section, the this thing. one in the plastic section. This is for the general waste. And there's a, they obviously have small buckets also, which is for the food waste, which you have accumulated over, over the week. Yeah. And that's kept our. Um, for us, is we keep it behind uh, in the garden, mm. so it's next to the kitchen. Quickly mm. put it Tricky there. Just, yeah, exactly. And that's uh, how it is in our house. I don't know how it might function in different households. Yeah, I mean houses. Houses are different to flats as well. Correct. So obviously, flats they have their own waste, their own system as well of how to dispose of waste and recycle and all of that as well. But obviously, it's that's the thing, isn't it? When there's so many, there's so different ways to get rid of your rubbish. Yes. Um, the, you know, the, we we come back to the question: Is zero waste even possible? That's it's quite interesting. It's, it's an interesting question. Right now, at this moment, what mm. I believe we can try, but it's no for now mm. because we have, let's say, plastics. Right, they have yeah. some plastics which are single use, right? Single, yeah. single use. Oh, they're. You can't recycle them due to contamination of food mm, yeah. or um, disposable the, what, whatever plates that is, and whatever. Right? Yeah, you can't um, recycle them, but there are other other plastic which you can recycle. It has has those logos behind it. Makes uh, it mm. shows you okay, these are recyclable also. Yeah, and some things which I'm always fond of is this has been made by recycling, mm. so it means okay that has been reused again. Yeah, for example, water bottles, right, or plastic bottles, not just water, but plastic bottles, and they're vastly immense right mm. in one um, study it has been it said if you accumulate uh, the bottles it can go four times across um, the globe the right. plastic plastic bottles right and it, you know it, um, that it, it says enough plastic bottles are discarded over a year to go around the planet four times wow so in yeah. one year not just uh, throughout the, the lifespan but just in one year it says it can go four times uh, around across, the, around, the around, around the earth. <coughs> no, that's quite interesting. That's staggering. Imagine how much water bot- um, bottles we use. Not water mm. bottles, bottles we use. Bottles, yeah. I, I went up through North England a couple of weeks back, and I was uh, I went back, I went to North England after a very long time. Mm. I was, uh, I don't remember how it was functioning up there. Mm. I was quite Im- surprised and impressed that the Northerners don't use um, plastic bottles for water. Right. They said, oh. We used the um, the tap water which comes through, and and it was so smooth, mm. so nice. I was like, wow, this is actually some nice water, mm. which they have, right. and they, and they, and they're proud of it. 
yeah. they, especially Yorkshire yeah. um, up north they say this is the best water for us and mm. I, when I drank it I was like yes it's actually true so, that water yeah. so well done to you guys up there <laughs> and hopefully up south in, in the south soon we'll have also this facilities um, available you know uh, before we actually get into some further <coughs> you know details in regards to in regards to this topic as well mm-hmm. according to um, the the gov.uk in 2021 right the uk's recycling rate for household waste increased um, to 44.6% and that was a little bit it was a little rise of 0.2% so it went up from 44.4% in 2020 to 44.6% in 2021. Now in 2020 the UK generate a total of 40.4 million metric tons of commercial and industrial waste. And among these 84% which is um 33.8 million metric tons originated from just England. Well, so we're talking about UK but just England it contributed to 84%. So that means That means that you know Scotland and Wales, they only contributed sixteen percent. Interesting. That's interesting, isn't it? Correct. Now, given these statistics, the urgency to address this issue of uh, what we're talking about today about waste—that's what we're talking about and how we can reduce them. Um, and this is—I mean, it's, it's every day it becomes clearer and clearer that we have to address. Like you mentioned in the beginning of the shows, or we do these shows. just so that we can raise awareness because a lot of Correct. people might not even know how much we waste how much metric tons uh, we're wasting so i'll just give that again in 2020 the uk generated a total of 40.4 million metric tons so that is you know if you think about it that is quite a lot that is quite a lot now As we're talking about this, we obviously must give Islamic perspective throughout Correct. the show as well. Now, in the Holy Quran, Allah the Almighty says, O children of Adam, look to your adornment at every time and place of worship and eat and drink, but exceed not the limits, exceed not the bounds. Surely he does not love those who exceed the bounds. Now, this is from the Holy Quran from chapter 7, verse 32. Now, Allah the Almighty tells us that, you know, we shouldn't waste doesn't matter what it is whether it's food whether it's clothes whether it's um, supplies it could Correct. be fuel it could be literally anything too much of something uh, being over ex- ex- uh, um, extravagant using too much of something that be- sometimes it can lead to waste obviously if you're if you have a lot of something and you use it then that's a different thing if you just have a lot of whatever an excess of whatever it could be money could be gold could be clothes like i mentioned and you don't put that into use then that's what that stays stationary and that yeah. is when the harm sort of comes in because what's the use of that if you're not even going to use it you why know, why do you have it i just remembered one thing i was watching videos on youtube hmm. there's there, 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 there there's something called dumpster divers hmm. so they go through dumpsters hmm. and yeah. they yeah. find stuff which is still usable yeah and i saw um which has been ex- food which has been expired i think that it's expiring in the next couple of days mm. which has already been thrown out and the the guy or someone went yeah and he just took that and used it for himself and it's and it's 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 food it's different um items yeah it could be um even appliances, uh, appliances. or whatever yeah and i was i was surprised you know when when i when i was looking through it, i was like wow 
this is how much and there are some um dumpsters right which have uh, logs on them so you got you on you can't even open it mm. some which didn't have he was able to open them um and take out the stuff and show it to the general public and look at this is how much basis there has yeah. been produced even though they're selling that inside for x amount of money you can get this through dumpster for free right now literally i mean we they i mean there is a saying isn't it that one man's trash is another man's treasure, treasure correct so sometimes we if you might not need something another person that person might literally be in need of that correct. and you might be searching for that and you just don't even need it you might just throw it away but you don't even know how much that has a value in the ne- in the next person's eyes yes so you know one one thing which which we were talking you talk, we were talking about um plastic bottles right and something which is quite uh, quite interesting as well um if you go into Europe I and mean, you're from Germany isn't it correct and they have this very really good scheme of uh, you know if you buy bottles fun flash you can you can give it back to them <laughs> correct you, fun flash means yeah. uh, it's fun bottle fun bottle yes so tell us what it is tell us what it, tell us the details of that's, that i think that's a literal translation of it yeah no 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 as in you go to the supermarket correct and uh, you know you buy well, how does it work you just buy you any bottle basically you buy bottles which they have a logo on it right oh it's a specific it has, one. A, has a, i think most of them have now logos okay, on them okay. anyway, but they all have logos okay and they already charge you for that i think Okay. But when you go back I don't know how much it is right now but when I used to live there it was 25 cents at that time. Hmm. So 25p you used to get back. Mm-hmm. And for every bottle right? For every bottle you put in big or small 25p was the mm. um, base rate. Wow. And I I remember because we have uh, a um, shop over there also um, and that accumulated a, a good amount of money after the usage mm. people used to give it back to them because it's a restaurant right? Yeah. They they they're not taking one bottle with them, hmm. so they used to go back, and after let's say a month, they used to go and get get get, get give that yeah. like give, give those bottles back, and used to accumulate x amount of money, and yeah. they, and it was good a good return because they're already selling it right. Yeah. So it, plus they're making money back on top of it also. Yeah. So it's so a it's good it's a good initiative. It's, it's, it's a good initiative, and also for for restaurants, it's a good business strategy. It's a good so business strategy as well, and also it's uh, you know it's 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 you're reusing uh, the bottles as well. Correct. Because what they're going to do, they're going to you know probably recycle it, reuse it, clean it out, or whatever, isn't it? Yes, that's it's not like you, they're going to throw it away. That's why they're going to use You never it. see bottles lying around in uh, in in the European country, or Germany, for example. Yeah. you don't see them lying yeah. around on the floor, or no one has thrown them in the bushes. Mm. Where where we hear sadly, the reality is sometimes when you pass some bushes, you see bottles of bottles being yeah. thrown there. Yeah, that's true. Right? That's true. And we have, I see people, youth. youngsters elderly people they're doing um cleanups be from our community or outside also many mm. people do it outside also they do those cleanups big cleanups mm. and they are just cleaning up and just, just accumulating all that trash into into black bin bags yeah. and just piles there in in just in just a small area it's uh, i mean that that's the thing isn't it that's uh, that's the thing yeah. we see that european country or especially germany right it's a very it is a very clean country and it does have these initiatives in place for for people to actually look at and say you know why do we need to waste this this bottle why do we need to throw it in the bin we can just go back to the supermarket yes and we can get 25 cents or whatever the rate is right now isn't it yes and it's a good initiative other countries that's one thing which sometimes i don't really understand is that fine um if a if a country is doing something good why don't the neighboring countries sort of look into this sort of uh, sort of this scheme as well 
there, of, obviously, of course, there, there has to be some infrastructure in regards to this, what they're going to do with the bottles in the first place when they receive them. So obviously, the whole thing needs to be looked at, properly detailed. But still, you know, these big, big nations... There's no. I don't think there's anything stopping stopping them for for doing something like that. Yeah, and it'll keep the country clean. It'll you know you're reusing the plastic bottles, and it's good for the environment. You're not wasting those bottles, so there will be less waste as well, less less correct. things in a in a dump in a dumpster. And obviously, you're going to be keeping the 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 earth more greener. And it's a win-win for the people, for the public, because they they're getting money out of it. Yes. Isn't it? Doesn't matter how much or how little it may be. I mean, that just goes to show that. If you put something, if you put a price on something, <clears throat> that the value of that automatically goes up. Yes. Because I think you spoke about this before as well when you were talking about pollution or plastic pollution or something yes. like that. That back in the day we used, you know, if you go to a supermarket, you can you can get however many plastic bags you wanted. Mm-hmm. You could get five. You could get ten. You could get twenty. You could get more than that if you if you had that amount of shopping as well. You can even get more. Even if you didn't have that much shopping, you, you can still get more. But now, plastic bags are charged, yes. so you have to buy them. You have to buy those plastic bags, and, and this uh, yeah. is one. It's a one one off payment. So if it rips, yeah. you give it back to them. They give you a new one. They on give top. you a new one on top. It, as well. I think most people don't know about it. Yeah, I didn't, really it's, it's, yeah. it says on the on, on the on the on the bag, the plastic bag. Hmm. It, this is a, this is a life, ri- lifetime bag. For example, yeah. that's a paraphrase right now. Yeah, literally. But it says you always get the money back for it. Yeah. So, so if the, it give it back exactly. To that's the thing, isn't it? If we you, <clears throat> if we if we look at, if we look in, look into this because we're paying money for that, that's right. why we have that's why we that's why we we hold that dear to us, isn't it? We don't want to waste money. Correct. You know, I remember since obviously I was I was born brought up in Germany, and. They didn't give you um, um, bags for free. Hmm. When, when I came in '09 here, it the supermarkets yeah. they used to give for free. At that yeah. time, I'll be yeah. a bit surprised. Yeah. We, so we were surprised a lot <laughs> at that time. That wow, this is you know this, this is, is a new thing. Really, yeah. That's actually really great. It's mm. funny because whenever you whenever we used to go to other supermarkets, you they wouldn't charge for, charge for bags. But right. obviously, if you go to a German supermarket, they charge they charge a like little or whatever. Since I've I've, I've obviously since uh, lived there. I, it might be different before before I was born, but mm. since I, I've lived there, it w- oh, they always charge for it. Yeah. And you know when you came here, it was quite surprising. And we used to go, and we used to before we at, at start we were still in the habit of taking our own bags, and then mm. obviously because it was already you don't have to take yeah. your bags, take <laughs> yeah. it upstairs, do your shopping, put it back in your bag, take it inside. Yeah. You can just grab the bags from there. Literally. But at that time, obviously awareness. It wasn't that great within ourselves. Also, obviously, we have grown up more. Mm. We understand about more about okay the plastic, by the charging, which I I don't know what the price. Right now, I think thirty p now, yeah, but it used to be five p at the start mm. uh, for a plastic bag, and when they put a price on it, it's like, wow, that's quite expensive now. Yeah, suddenly, that's the thing, isn't it? That's quite yeah. expensive. So we yeah. used to be in the, the habit back kick back again that you should take your own bags. Mm. Now, now we understand. Why it yeah. why it was because it, to stop plastic pollution, exactly. So that's the thing. It's a win win for for everyone. Correct. The people are happy. The public is happy, and of course, the we we uh, less pollution and less uh, waste as well in Correct. the bins. You know, I remember His Holiness Mela um, Helper yes. said once to um, to a, a, a young 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 boy, 
He asked him about climate change. We also heard some words of His Holiness throughout the show about climate change mm. also. Mm. And he said, what What do you think about climate change? The boy asked His Holiness. And he said, you, His Holiness said, do you think that, that by planting one tree, you have solved climate change? Mm. That's, it, it's, it's about awareness, getting out education, mm. right? Yeah. Where, for example, there's a certain percentage which the UK or the European countries or the Western countries don't cut due to uh, um, for the green side or whatnot, right? Yeah. But in um, less developed countries where there's cut down, for the profits and they don't plant under uh, any plants in any in, in another place yeah they they will face the consequences and you know you know we also see in what's it called in the less developed countries and when a uh, national national disaster comes there's mm. nothing to hold it back and it comes through all the way yeah yeah so literally i mean yeah that is that is what happens when there's deforestation yes and there's no one replacing those trees uh, especially in a fast rate, then that is exactly what happens. Yes, and we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk about it. Obviously, later on, we'll yeah. talk about this later. We have with us our first guest, Mike um, Ibon. I think I'm pronouncing right. I, I pray and hope. Uh, he's a technical development director. With a short introduction, I would like to uh, welcome Mike to the show. Salam alaikum, peace be upon you. How are you today? I'm very good. Thank you so much for joining us on such a, an important and very. Uh, um, to- a topic about zero waste. So, uh, Mike, the question we had for you today is: the concept of energy efficiency is, you know, closely linked with um, what's called waste reduction. So, how does renewable energy contribute to improved energy, um, for example, eff- efficiency, and what benefits does this bring in terms of waste reduction? Yeah, so renewable energy is sources like um, wind and hydro. They have so it means they require less energy to produce, transport and implant. So that reduces waste in the form of emissions, mm-hmm. spills and other environmental hazards. Um, in terms of waste reduction, in highly efficient processing plants for waste materials such as wood wastes, food wastes and residual black bag wastes means we can recover as much energy as possible from these and offset in the requirement from having fossil fuels generated, mm-hmm. uh, of fossil fuel generated power. So, and then also a lot of new renewable energy technologies are becoming very, very efficient. So they capture a lot more energy from a smaller footprint. So the efficiency gains can do the less waste into unused energy, um, less materials required and lower environmental degradation. Mike, can, can you explain the concept of uh, of waste to energy incinerators? Yeah, and, sure. So uh, explain briefly how these sort of systems work um, and what their main purpose is. Yeah, sure. So uh, the main purpose is to recover energy um, from the waste stream. So it's it's part of a waste uh, waste disposal method. So waste energy incinerators are very similar to that sort of thermal beam generation plants. So been around for about 150 years so essentially they receive the fuel or the waste um, in this case of non-reversible material that gets put in people's bins the material is incinerated to release the heat and energy stored um, that energy and that heat um, heats up large boilers which turn water into steam mm-hmm. and that steam turns uh, a turbine essentially so as I mentioned concepts been around for a long time 
Um, there are popular waste treatment options since about the 1970s, and since then there's been um, a huge, huge improvement in terms of the emissions control, so ensuring um, things like the nitrous dioxide and sulfur dioxide, which are um, uh, common in sort of previous iterations, are dramatically reduced to the point there's very little negative emissions. Um, the other thing we get from these, apart from electricity, is you can also produce heat for warming, so they can be used as district heating schemes, which is quite common and popular in Scandinavia and the UK. And then we also recover materials that wouldn't normally be recovered from the non-recyclable stream, so we get um, metals out so we don't have to sort of mine new metals so they can be recycled. And then we also get um, inorganic material like glass, stones and ceramics, and a lot of these are used in the construction industries like for road building. It's interesting, interesting. Now, just moving on um, and looking at the envi- environmental aspects, uh, how does the practice of waste to energy contribute to waste reduction and obviously uh, environmental sustainability? Yeah, so the main, uh, the main way in waste to energy helps reduction is diverting waste from landfills. So we thereby conserve a lot of land space and reduce methane emissions. So mm-hmm. methane emissions are about... 28 times more potent than carbon dioxide for the air. And then the other issues you have with landfills are the contamination of potential water courses, groundwater, and the soil itself. So energy recovery or waste for energy has um, massive environmental uh, benefits from land compared to landfill. And then from the environmental standpoint, as a sustainability standpoint, we also recover, and like I mentioned in the last, for the last question, uh, we recover a lot of metals and inert materials that can be reused and recycled into um, into the wider industry. But you know, it is important to have its own. Um, it does have its own environmental impact. So there are some uh, emissions from these plants. Mm-hmm. But in the UK, especially, they are tightly regulated by the Environment Agency. So more um, recent new energy from waste plants have to comply with these strict standards. So they have an overall very low impact. So um, generally, in terms of the waste hierarchy and, and, and the treatment options, they're generally considered to have lower emissions than just putting our waste in landfill or fossil fuel energy generation. So we can also recover materials, produce some low carbon energy and have a better waste management solution. Yes. So, Mike, a question which I have is, for example, Will there be a time that um, all the waste which has been produced becomes it goes into um, zero at so so we have zero waste at some time point in the near future? Is that possible? Uh, it's going to be very very difficult. Yes. Um, one example we like to use down in uh, for our waste streams down in Dorset, about ten percent of uh, black bag and residual waste is made up of nappies. You know, it's a hard. Um, hard system to get rid of waste completely. Um, Correct. We do have um, good targets and you know admirable targets that we need to um, need to aim for in terms of reducing as much waste as possible and recycling and recovering as much as possible. Um, but it's going to be a very difficult one to get to a, a totally zero waste solution in the future. Oh, yes. So. Um um, Mike, um, can you um, provide us an overview of your company's approach and initiatives in the field of waste reduction and some renewable sources? Yeah, sure. So um, at Eco, so our company is Eco Sustainable Solutions. 
um, we've developed, we've been operating for about 30 years and have developed mm. um, some pioneering projects in the renewable energy and recycling space. So mm-hmm. we, we've developed and built out one of the first food waste anaerobic digestion plants in the country. So this waste is processed and uh, essentially pumped into large tanks called digesters. The food waste is then broken down um, into smaller smaller molecules and then um, biogas is produced. And this biogas is produced into renewable electricity from combined and heat power engines. The energy we get from this process, we produce an organic um, that can be used for farmers' fields, so that's directly offset and against fossil fuel-based um, fertilizers. And then also we've done some other cool things with the wood waste streams that we have in the county as well. So we've uh, developed and built our own waste wood biomass plant, mm-hmm. um, so uh the wood waste into heat and power. Um, that powers our site and generates uh, heat for other other processes, and then. We're looking to do a few other sort of interesting things over the next few years. Um, another food waste plant will be um, it's on the horizon for us, and from there we will create gas, um, renewable natural gas, or biomethane as we call it in, in our space. Um, that can be used then to power our machinery and our transport operations as well. So we'll directly try and offset our diesel use for long-haul transport by using a renewable fuel. Um, and then also capture the carbon dioxide off the back of that project mm-hmm. um, and then pump that hopefully into sequestration projects in the UK or also put it into utilisation so we directly offset against fossil-based carbon that goes into those sort of food and drinks industries or um, other sort of other um, carbon dioxide requirements for, say, you know, um, like fire extinguishers and dry ice. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Mike. Um, it's great to have experts like you looking out for the world and making sure oh, that any energy which is being wasted can be reused again. Thank you so much, first of all, for joining us today and enlightening our listeners about the wisdom and the awareness about uh, about energy. I appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me on. Thank you so much, Mike. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Bye. So, you know, Shajil, speaking with Mike has open up our world also a bit mm. sorry I had set my mic here mm-hmm. I apologize for that if anyone has had a talk there that, you know he's a technical development director right he knows uh, his stuff he knows what they're doing um, or he himself has said right now it's really difficult to get to um, zero waste at all because yeah, yeah. you have nappies for example right uh, he's supposed to, yeah. how you are supposed to um, get those recycled that's really difficult that's a but I remember, that's you, the, yeah. If you, but that's that's only one way, in my opinion, right? That's my opinion. As a, just as a, for a side, a, a light note on the side. You know, in, in the olden days, in 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 the uh, in when, when, when Pakistan, for example, they used to have those. Um, uh, it's called um, cloth, cloth, right? They used to just, uh, just do that, and this after when the baby, baby did this thing, they used to wash it again and use it again. That's mm-hmm. another way of recycling renewable. Mm. way of use, using nappies which is really difficult obviously <laughs> with all the systems which is yeah. placed obviously uh, inside no, the nappies nowadays uh, you won't be I think no one's going to be going back to the centuries again yeah I don't think anyone's going to 
That's Obviously, a, yeah, you're, you're going through the stuff period right now. <laughs> <laughs> the nappies and stuff. Yeah, so it's, no, always, no, it's difficult. It's difficult. Obviously, there are many things which can be recycled. There are some things which can't be, uh, which are unable to be recycled. Mm. But we have to be mindful which are able, which are recyclable. We sh- we have we have to make sure they are recycled, right? Mm. It's yeah. all about uh, uh, awareness. You know, for this, I would like to play a clip of His Holiness, may Allah uh, be his helper, and where he speaks about his uh, about climate change. So here is uh, the clip. Of His Holiness. My question is, many people are worried about climate change recently. What is Islam's take on climate change? And is there any advice for people at home? <laughs> you see, Allah Ta'ala says that excess of everything is bad. Right? Although you see, whatever the climate change is because of the industrial revolution, too much uh, smoke is being sent on in the air, air is being polluted. This is why it is one of the causes of the climate changes. Secondly, the, the, the trees are being cut and uh, no new forestation is being done in the th- especially in the third world countries right although the population is increasing but if we have proper plans we can make we can accommodate the population in such a way that uh, within the limited area of the land, we can accommodate as many people as possible, right? And infrastructure should be provided according to that, okay? So, if we are not following the, you know, the, what law of nature requires from us, then the ultimate result will be that we are going to ruin our future. We are going to doom ourselves or our generation. So the the best way is that uh, instead of the the greed or involving too much involving ourselves too much in in the in the the comfort of the world and by creating so much of uh, gadgets and and you see without any uh, you know proper planning increase our production and because of the competition as china is doing and india is doing or america is doing now china china says that because america started this the pollution of the climate pollution some hundred years ago. So this is why they have advanced themselves. Now we have started it now and we shall take again next hundred years before we stop. So every country have their own vested interests. They are not uh, thinking of their future, about their future generation. Right? So the best thing is that 
apart from making proper planning, that uh, how much fuel emission should be done or how can we control it alongside it, we should encourage and even force the third world countries to plant more trees so their, uh, the air pollution becomes less. And in this way, it will help us to reduce the climate change. So these were the words of His Holiness, may Allah be his helper. As His Holiness has mentioned also, it's about proper, proper planning. Exactly. Having the awareness exactly. out there. And you know, um, Shujil, I just remembered, you know, for example, recycling. We have all these different bins, right? All, But sometimes for someone, it might get complicated also. Um, okay, this bin does this, this bin does this. Okay, this bin is for this, this bin is for... And sometimes, obviously, human errors is always possible. You put non-recycling stuff in the recycling bin. That that's, this all has happened, and, <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and vice versa. Yeah, and, ha- and it will happen to um, other people also, right? Mm. And you know, these things we have to be um, thinking about, making sure we know what what we're putting in those bins. Mm. So obviously, human errors are always possible. It's always the weakness. It's there. The possibility is there. Just 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 for the households, then we have to make sure we look at the labels. What it says uh, is it recyclable, non-recyclable, and then put it in those bins or put it in the general waste, put it in the recycling bin, hmm. plastic bin, and paper bin, and then you have the food bin also, the food wastage small bins. I don't know, some some might have big ones, but yeah. we have small ones yeah. uh, in our borough. So you know, this is what we have to look out for. So yeah, and I was gonna say, His Holiness, we listened to just what His Holiness spoke about. Um, yes. in regards to you know pollution and how to tackle that as well and too much excess of everything um, can lead to can lead to problems now his holiness has also said um, increasing materialism has taken mankind away from moral values religion mm-hmm. and God there are very few there are very few people who appreciate that all the blessings in this world are from God and it is he alone who has given man the capacity to invent things <coughs> to facilitate convenience and safety. Rather than be grateful, people are increasingly opting for self-gratification. And religion and God are subject to open derision. Now this is talking about p- purchasing more than what is necessary or buying items with a short lifespan that can result in higher waste volumes. Yes, and th- th- this is a this is a you know the, a, a trend as well. The fast fashion industry, how is you know it, it's a rapid turnover of clothing styles, and poor du- durability of mm-hmm. garments lead to you know the waste of a lot of clothes as well, and these trends change very quickly, and this causes. A lot of distress on the on the lands as well. You correct, you know, for example, you have T-shirts which cause a fiver. Yeah, but it's it's, but it's it, a new hit yeah. right now. But after mm. two or three washes, it's, the color is yeah. gone. Doesn't it shrinks. Feel nice. it shrinks it doesn't, yeah, whatever. It happens whatever. To yeah, it, happens to it. But when you find out, oh, it ha- all the chemical which has been used into it, all the waste which has it produced while making it, yeah. uh, has a, um, quite a high impact on the environment. So we have to be thinking about that too. Maybe instead of buying those sh- shirts, you can buy other shirts also, right? Which are durable. Which are you don't ha- you don't have to be buying those um, branded ones, right? Mm. 
you can also always buy what's it called simple clothing um which is good and durable also exactly exactly so you know Shajil, i just remembered one thing and you know which is about um what's it called purchasing more they needed and during the, pan- the pandemic when it, when it happened yeah, people bought exactly. masks of masks of masks right yeah. and now you see masks toilet rolls as well oh yeah toilet rolls yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't know why <laughs> I don't know it's the same pe- it was the same amount of people at, at that yeah, time yeah. it was slightly like, increased now but it, it wouldn't have been shorter but suddenly it was off the shelves yeah. for a good amount of time and now they're back by the way yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, but you know face masks right I was guys with the point I was coming to face yeah. masks they were really expensive hard to get and people bought x amounts massive um, box of it right now you see them like someone ha- is has thrown on the floor you see them in in you know in bushes again masks are, uh, are there people are we youngsters go there try to clean up elderly people go there the so different generations um go there just clean up because mm. there are too many mm. um wastes or masks even thrown in these areas because it's a one time use there's no use after that for them so Where, the, where, the, where do they go? Yeah. Right? Either in the, someone throws them in the general bin or so, sometimes you just throw them whatever. Or if it, you know those strands they have, yeah. they break so easily sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they rip, yeah. And then you're like, okay, what's the, what's the use of this now? Hmm. So it's always mindful that I will, tell, I will tell our listeners, myself, also everyone, that we should try being mindful where our waste goes and how it goes. So we are able to preserve our um, uh, our earth, right? um for the next generations exactly you know one thing is always unique my teachers told us this in in, in secondary school right uh, they asked this questions to us they how much water have we gained in the past year and everyone started thinking how much water did we gain and someone said let's say 10 liters 15 liters x amount we said but we we we, we were going crazy right we were saying mm-hmm. millions of millions and trillions of water we have gained this year the teacher goes how We're like yes how we can't gain any the, the form has changed mm. uh, it might be in solid or liquid or in a gas but the volume is still the same mm. of, of water right yeah. and we're like wow yeah that's actually true so you know we have we can't to, to preserve our environment we can't gain anything from the outside right we have to look after the resources which, which we have at, at this yeah, moment exactly. at, at, at of time yeah. and obviously prayers right always pray and there might be new ideas out there for us hmm. which we haven't um um school different avenues which we haven't even um, looked into there might be out there in the next 50 or 10, 20 20 years we might know about them and oh this this would be a great way of for example right now we have um fossil fuels right running our cars now the second step is ev for now electric vehicles right mm. well it has its own challenges and everything which we have already covered um a couple of shows back already that but, but the next step right now is ev but there might be another um avenue out there for us we, which we haven't explored yet and that be the next best thing mm. yeah that's the thing that's the thing it's always important that we that we look out for what's in the best interest of Correct. the environment as well isn't it Of course we need to look at ourselves as well um but also how can we do things which are practical proactive and things which are uh beneficial as well not just for us but for the wildlife for the plants yes. for 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 all of the others uh sea creatures as well you know sometimes we you know we complain that you know why do we have 
these uh, you know why why did we get rid of these plastic straws or this and that but you know we need to look at the fact that you know if it's if they if they're harming wildlife if they're harming sea animals sea Correct. creatures then yes we, we do need to take care of them as well isn't it Indeed. we can't just be no one would like for someone to come to their house dump their rubbish there and leave isn't it no one would like that so why are we going and dumping things which essentially they go and end up into the river yes. they end up into you know the the seaside or whatever and they contaminate the water over there that's their home so Correct. why are we doing you know that? the interesting fact right <laughs> um, is one one of the larging um, dumping site of plastics is not a landfill hmm. but it's a pacific ocean the pacific ocean uh, yeah. uh, it's quite astonishing it's quite surprising that the yeah. ocean is always um, the largest land land site uh, sorry um uh, uh, wastest site right now mm. Mm. where all the uh, all the sea life is living and we're just throwing a dump into there so you yeah. have to be mindful going forward from now on we have li- all the listeners who are listening right now the awareness campaigns which go throughout um, throughout the year through be it through voice of islam mm. be it through other people you have unsung heroes right which are working day and night to just start um, stop pollution right there sometimes causes are right but the measures which are which are taken to um, um resolve that issue um some sometimes too drastic or mm. some uh, something which is disturbing the day to day life for yeah. general public yeah so we have to be mindful of that also not disturbing anyone but making sure that the information and the uh, the awareness goes out to them hmm. right not just blocking away roads of roads and then just cause cause causing more pollution in fact you know all the cars which just stop there the, the cars uh, the, um, the engines are idling and there's producing produce, uh, producing still a CO2 or um or the carbon monoxide whatever just just wastage at that time hmm. so instead of having that and having backlogs of cars then till that that, that that gets cleared there's many many pollution already which 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 which, which is already out there by that that time hmm. so what so that's that's something which we can do to reduce um what's it called um the wastage for example it's about upcycling was one of the ways um, is um, is basically and uh, involves in transferring um discarded or unused materials into a new p- product uh, of high value or quality the goal uh, of upcycling is to extend the lifespan of materials reduce wastage and minimize the environmental impact of consumption even with mobile phones for example right yeah. the latest and the greatest thing comes out every year yeah right for example but the last two or three generations are still are well and good and keeping up with the latest technology mm. so instead of uh, um buying a new phone every year you can give that phone back they, this might be sold to someone else and then they can use that also that's mm. for example that's the way of upcycling you can yeah. second and market which is which is a very large market yeah, yeah, now yeah. in fact yeah Definitely. But I remember when I was when I was younger, there was always a new market. Second market used to be just in the, in the shops, but now it's everything online. Mm. You can just look up online and find the next um, best phone for the cheap price, anyways. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely you can do that, and that is something which is quite positive as well. Because if you're if you don't like I, like like you mentioned before, if you don't need something, yes, uh, you get rid of it, and the ne- the next person that he might be in search of that correct very same thing, so. Uh, you know we need to we need to understand we need to put others 
treat others how we would like to be treated as well, isn't it? That's one of the teachings of Islam yes. as well. That you know, we 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 <coughs> we don't just look at ourselves and see what's for our benefit, but we look at the wider society as well because we're here living on Earth as custodians, uh, as guardians of the Earth. It's our duty to take care of it. It's our duty to fulfill the rights of mankind as well. And this is very very much important that we you know that we that we actually do that. Yes. You know, in one of the Quranic verses, Allah the Almighty has mentioned, and if you try to count the favors of Allah, mm. you will not be able to number them. Surely Allah is most forgiving and 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 merciful. That is really true. You know that mm. Allah has Allah the Almighty has given us so much in our day to day life, and that we should be um, not wasting it. So exactly. with all the blessing which we have been given. You you start it's thinking. Limitless. We can't. You, yeah, you we start can't thinking. It's all through Allah the Almighty, which we, which we, which has been given to us. Be it, for example, the tablet we're using or the mic. For example, it's through Allah the Almighty giving someone the wisdom to engineer this stuff, hmm. right? So it's it's all the blessings which Allah has given us. So we shouldn't be abusing them and just just throwing them or discarding them without any um, due diligence. Exactly. Exactly. You know, th- when we were talking about. Food earlier on as well. Okay. We were talking about how not to waste food as well, mm-hmm. and Islam, as we mentioned before as well, that Islam teaches us, the Holy Quran teaches us that we should eat and drink, but we should not exceed the limits. We Correct. should not exceed the bounds. And there's another very practical example of the Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him as well. But when it comes to eating food, right, and and <coughs> food wastage as well, he said that when you eat. Divide it into three, three different categories. So when you eat, have fill your stomach one third f- of food, and one third of water. So whatever drink you're drinking, and then one the the last third leave that for air, so that you can breathe properly as well. So this is this is very very practical as well because if we have more food, or more drink or water, whatever we're drinking, mm-hmm. more food or more water. We're not going to have that much space to breathe properly, Correct. and if we do that, then you know we can get fat, we can get overweight, we can get obese. There's other problems that might happen as well. If we eat too many junk food or fatty foods or oily foods, then that can be harmful for for our bodies as well. So obviously, maintaining that balance is is very very much important, and this is what the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, has uh, has taught us. Because if we do that. Not only will we be keeping ourselves healthy, but we will also be looking after the environment as well. We are not Correct. going to be wasting the food as well. Sometimes you put something on your plate, and you don't even by you know by the end of it or in the middle of it, you don't even want to eat it anymore. You want to eat something else, or you want to. It becomes too much, so yes. we just throw that away. You know, for for this tour, um, taking it further, we have yeah. another clip of His Holiness Malabi Sopot speaking about yeah. climate change. Listen to that. My question is, how important is it for Ahmadi Muslims to fight climate change? Very important. You should try to avoid using your car while traveling for a short distance. Either walk to that place or use bicycle. Hmm? Right? Cycling is good for your health as well. Secondly, every Ahmadi should make it a point that he should plant two trees every year. This is how you can fight climate change. 
if you are here, if we have 30,000 Ahmadis here in the UK or more, then every year we plant 60,000 trees. If not possible here, then those who travel to other countries, they can plant trees there. So in this way, we can help control climate change. Indeed, you know, planting trees is is a part of helping of and fighting the climate change Absolutely. at this moment in time. Looking at the time, Shajil, we are hitting the end of today's show again. Wow, you know, just a couple of minutes left before we head on to what's the five o'clock news, and then coming back to the next hour also. There's quite a lot we have learned, quite a a, a lot which we have understood, or we are, we're trying to understand about mm. zero wastage. Yes. Hopefully, our listeners have also learned something new like ourselves and understand what's what what great people are doing or, or helping the environment unsung heroes for example mm. working behind the scenes mm. and trying to save the environment um, the, the, the earth for yeah, us exactly exactly i mean it's it's, it's important um as, as we have said uh, reiterated throughout the show as well that we need to fulfill the rights of mankind as well Correct. because that is part of our religion Indeed. One is to fulfill the rights of God. I mean, those are rights which we owe to Him, right? But there are uh, rights that we owe to mankind. Correct. And this is specifically directly under that because we're looking after one another. We need to look after one another. We need to look after the earth. We need to look after the animals. We need to look after the plants, the vegetation, all the other things, the crops that are going to grow. Every single thing, even you know, the water as well, the Correct. creatures, the kind of, the animals that are living in the in the water. So it's our duty to take care of every, you know, every aspect when it comes to fulfilling the rights of the creation of, of God, fulfilling yeah. the rights of the creator and also the creation. So that is what Islam actually teaches us. And hopefully, like you mentioned, um, we've definitely learned something. Hopefully you must have learned something as well. But uh, join us after the break uh, for our second topic. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. In the name of Allah, the gracious, the merciful, Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Peace be upon you all and welcome back to the second hour of today's Drive Time Show where we'll be discussing about identity crisis living in the West as a young Muslim. In the first hour, we, we were talking about zero wastage. Is that even possible? And it, and it was great to learn something more, uh, new, some, uh, something new, getting the awareness out and getting some education to ourselves also today. Mm. And But now we, we have second, we hit the second hour and it's always like the time just flies, Shajil, you know. It's like you come at four, you're like, okay, you have, you have so much to discuss. But sometimes you think, okay, that's... Hopefully we can make it in time, and then you're like, okay, wow, it's already. You look again, yeah. it's nearly five. Now <laughs> we look again, it's five. It's over five now. So obviously, um, we were speaking about living in the West as a young Muslim. Obviously, myself and Shajil, uh, you have been 
brought up here also in the UK in the West. Mm. How was it for you before we start into the introduction and obviously going into in, in depth in today's topic? Mm. How was it for you living in the West as a young Muslim? You know, We're still think, young, by the way. <laughs> oh yeah, thank you for that. I think it's it's something which um, which is very much linked to to you on a, on a personal basis as well. Correct. Because it's it's something that if you are different than what the normal population or what the normal public is or looks like or believes in, then it can get a little bit difficult at times as well. Indeed. But if you know if you know your background, if you know what you you know the things that you believe in, if you're firm in those things, right, then there's absolutely nothing to fear. Indeed. And I mean, I think that's a very good thing about. One of the good things about living in, you know, in, in here in the UK as well, especially in the British government, that they allow you to 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 express your religion, and mm-hmm. that's very important. They allow you to express your your religion, your thoughts, and uh, you know your whatever background that you're from is is quite welcoming as, as well. Obviously, there will be some people who are maybe you know racist. They may be, they may get angry at foreigners. They may get angry at different faces. Of course, that is you know that that's part and parcel, right? You obviously get those kind of people as well. Mm-hmm. But in other countries, where there's you know headscarf bans and burqa bans and all of these things in various different countries, that's a little bit difficult. But uh, when it comes to here in the UK, I think it's uh, quite open-minded uh, over here as well because obviously a, a young Muslim boy who's you know Pakistani um, origin. Right, Correct. that's quite different. You know, it's different. It's diff- it's as a different face from from the from the normal population, right? From the normal public. Indeed. So, obviously, we our beliefs are different. We eat different things as well. Or you know, there's some things that we do not eat what other people eat, and uh, you know, we we don't get ourselves involved in various different <coughs> activities also. So Indeed. there is that sort of difference between us and them. But when it comes to integrating. Um, and His Holiness has spoken about this as well so many on different on different occasions that we obviously we have our beliefs our our tenets of Islam and our faith as well but if we really want to integrate into society we need to be with them and you cannot give them the message or the, you know the message that we want to preach the message that we want to get out across mm-hmm. to them. If we're just going to stick to ourselves and we're just going to close our doors and shut our windows and, um, and 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 stay in our sort of comfort zones, we have to go out there. We have to meet the other people. We have to meet the wider public and tell them what our religion teaches. And that is when, that is when we there will be less and less identity crisis as well, mm-hmm. because when there's more awareness of something, then there's open acceptance of that as well. Indeed. If some if people don't even know. About to say, for example, Islam. For example, if people don't even know about Islam and they only know what the media tells them, they're going to have a very negative image if they see a Muslim. Indeed. And if they see a Muslim woman who's wearing a, a, a hijab, a burqa, or whatever, that you know, they, they're going to think if they've just been brainwashed by the media, they're going to think that she's being oppressed and her husband is torturing her for for her to wear such a you know such a long robe. Uh, out in the summer in the hot weather you know sometimes it might seem that way as well but if we give out the awareness if we give out you know if we give out the if we give out the teachings if we spread the teachings then there will be less chance of this identity crisis which a lot of people 
not just Muslims, I'm talking about other people they're facing on a day-to-day basis as well. It could be about beliefs, it could be about religion, it could be about literally anything. Yes. Right? You know, Shaji, very good point about awareness. I have faced it um, first-handedly mm. also yeah. when growing up because there was no awareness where I live, in which village I lived. Because we were only, we were only the only family living there who are migrants right which is quite quite unique for a a setup in a village where you have all one community and then you have someone just living from from yeah. who is migrants different yeah. different skin different um um clothes different mm. even language, language like that type. right yeah and they were like well who are these people now yeah. right and they the teachers especially in, in in my primary school they used to question my sisters uh, for the hijab Mm. Why they're wearing it? Take it off. This is not part of the school um, policy. Mm. Then we had to sit down. Even we had to go up to the principal's office mm. and l- tell him, okay, this is what we believe. This is what we stand for. We can't take it off. Mm. And then through through a persuasion, to uh, through education, uh, through awareness, mm. after some time, it, it it wasn't done instantly, right? Yeah. It took some time. It took. It was really difficult for my school. My sister, um, she was the elder one, right? And she went started going first school. I came a year or two after her, and she was she was um, she was um, ca- um, um, was called, uh, caving the path for, for myself and my younger sister who mm. were coming after uh, into that education system. When we came through, for us it was a bit easier, and then but she had faced many difficulties and um, trying to understand explain to them why she's unable to swim um, with with female and men together mm. right because they wanted you know because there's only one lesson for one class they're all swimming together yeah and to tell them no and <laughs> they're yeah, like yeah and they're course, like why yeah. what's happening they, but it, it took quite some time but they at the end finally they understood mm. okay this is what what they what they believe in and this is what they stand for mm. Obviously, but there are many different things which I don't want to yeah, go into yeah, right now. Yeah. You know, obviously, being a practi- uh, practicing um, Islam, for example, is, is in its truest sense, you know, can at times be very challenging. You know, the add add the atmosphere and the culture of the West um, into the mix of jihad, which means struggle against sin. Mm. Jihad means struggle, but just just, just to get out there, this mm. um, actual meaning of jihad. Is, it has grown drastically, you know. Being raised in a society where the social norms have become premarital relationships, alcohol consumption, yeah. recreational drugs use, partying for the sake of social engagement, homosexuality, all acts which um, Islam advises against, hmm. may create the sense that Islam does not belong in the Western society. A common argument, you know, which is presented in today's um, age. Yeah. So Allah the Almighty has stated regarding this and seek it in in that which Allah has given thee, the home of the hereafter, and neglect not the thy lot in this world, and do good to others as Allah has done good to thee, and seek not to make mischief in the in in the earth. Verily, Allah loves not those who make mischief. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, if you go into this. Um, worse and you know the meaning of this verse so Islam does not view that with favor such flights from the world as Christianity inculcates amongst um, its um, votaries hmm. one should not deny one's portion of the good things of the world as a matter of fact at other place you know in the Quran the believers are enjoying 
to pray to God to grant them the the good things of this world as well as the good things of the world to come. Yeah. Chapter two, verse two or two. Only the only the only the pursuit of the good things of this world should not make one neglect the seeking of the good things of the hereafter. Islam is not a religion of monks um, and uh, what's it called, but of pious and righteous men of the world. So let us try today to understand um, what's it called, um, the, what difference um, today the youth have to face while they, by, by the, while they are trying to hold religion and world together at the same time. Exactly. Exactly. You know, we were talking about this uh, on, a, on a personal basis as well. And just like you mentioned, that, you know, Islam teaches us that it's not just about it's not it's not just about following the religion so strictly that you forget about the world. Yes, Islam is not a religion of 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 monks, right? Just like you mentioned. So that means that Islam promotes us to, as we mentioned before in the first hour, that we need to fulfill the rights of God, but also we need to fulfill the rights of mankind. Correct. So how are you going to fulfill the rights of mankind if you're a monk? Mm-hmm. If you're just going to seclude yourself going to the garden or going to the jungle or going to the cave forever and living there or living a life of celibacy or that kind of stuff. We do not promote that because we. how are you going to fulfill the rights of mankind? Indeed. Is exactly. So when we talk about identity crisis, mm-hmm. we need to, in a way, we need to get rid of this uh, this thing which is called inferiority complex. His Holiness, the worldwide head of the Ahmadi Muslim community, the fifth caliph of the Promised Messiah, Hazrat Mirza Masul Ahmad, may Allah be his helper, he's spoken on so many different occasions, especially to the youth, that there should not be any sort of inferiority complex. Correct. And that means that you shouldn't be ashamed of who you are. You're a Muslim. Be, be proud that you're a Muslim. Be proud of all the different things that we believe in. Be proud of the, of the injunctions, the commandments, the way that we pray, the clothes that we wear in a modest way, if we have to go here, perform the pilgrimage over here, or whatever, all the different things that we need to do, whether it's fasting, praying, anything, whatever it may be, we need to, you know, we, we need to be happy about that. We need to be proud the fact that we that we are that we are Ahmadi Muslims. Indeed, you know. Taking this conversation further, we have a audio clip of His Holiness Malabi's helper yes. explaining how the Ahmadi youth should act. Um, and is it, this was given or a address delivered to um, to, to, the to the young youth, youth yeah. in last year in the uh, in the annual convention of the um, Ahmadi Muslim Youth Association right, right. and telling the youngsters how they should um, act. Udam and Atwal, who are still in school or education is that they must be careful who they keep company with. At, young, and at your age, your friends and those who you spend time with can easily influence you. As has been observed, if you keep poor company, you will pick up bad habits, such as lying, needlessly quarreling or even fighting instead of acting truthfully and being kind and considerate. Thus, the younger Qadam and Atfal must be very conscious 
of their company. Make friendships with people who are sincere, who are honest, and who are not involved in any immoral or senseless activities. Furthermore, as you get older and gain more independence, do not let your guard down. Remain firm in your faith and ensure that you never fight or be abusive to others and do not use vulgar language or speak in a way that provokes others. The older Khudam must also pay heed to all of these points. Otherwise, despite having accepted the Prophet Muhammad and claiming to follow his teachings, you will be violating what he stood for and taught. Remember, everything the Prophet Muhammad taught was according to the teachings of the Holy Quran and the Holy Prophet The Prophet has branded falsehood and deception as a grievous sin, which lies at the root of many other evils and leads to a multitude of vices and moral uh, failings. Speaking about falsehood, the Prophet states, in reality, until a person abandons lies, he cannot become pure. Worthless worldly people believe that they cannot survive without lies. However, this is preposterous. Continuing, the Prophet states, if one cannot survive with truth, then falsehood certainly cannot sustain a person either. The Prophet further says, it is a pity that these wretched people do not give God, give God the value he deserves. They do not know that without the grace and mercy of God Almighty, a person cannot survive, yet they consider the filth of falsehood to be their God and the means of resolving their difficulties. He says, this is precisely why God Almighty has tied falsehood to the filth of idols and mentioned it in the Holy Quran. The Prophet Muhammad states that where Allah the Almighty has expressed his hatred for idol worship, he has also expressed an abhorrence and revulsion to falsehood and declared them to be inextricably linked. The Prophet further states, know for certain that we cannot take a single step, rather not even a single breath, without the grace of God. The problem, <clears throat> if we cannot take even a single breath without the help and mercy of Allah, then why would an, any sane person resort to relying upon falsehood? According, accordingly, today it is the duty of Ahmadi youth to lead a campaign and movement against all forms of falsehood and deception, and they must personally lead by example. 
every khadim and tifal should pledge that they will never tell a lie because falsehood is equivalent to shirk, associating partner with Allah the Almighty. On the one hand, we proudly say we are the community and people of Allah the Almighty and bow down sincerely before Him. Yet, at the same time, there are some amongst us who continue to rely upon falsehood to achieve their means and desires. Let it be clear that those who rely on falsehood should not accept the help of Allah as He will not accept their supplications. As I said, the time is now for every khadam and every tifal to pledge that they shall never utter any falsehood. The time is now for you to lead a movement to uphold the truth and become and become those who worship Allah in the best way and whose moral standards are of the highest order. If you, our youth can reject all forms of falsehood and remain forever truthful, then all other good morals will automatically be instilled within them. For instance, when a person forsakes falsehood, they can never be prone to deception, nor can they break their pledges, and nor can they curse or use profane language. Rather, he or she will embody those moral values which are the building blocks for a harmonious and peaceful society. Indeed, falsehood and failure to fulfill one's promises and covenants are the root causes underpinning the widespread injustice and disorder witnessed in today's society, be it on a small scale, within the domestic environment, or on a larger scale in the broader community. Consequently, you must ensure that you never lie or deviate even an inch from the truth. Only if we can reach those virtues, virtuous standards that free us from the shackle of uh, hypocrisy can we come to fulfill the demands of our pledge to give priority to our faith over all worldly matters. If all Ahmadi youth reach such heights, they will inspire an immensely positive transformation of society and fulfill the real expectations of a khuda, of a, of a khadim as outlined by his Muslim out when he profoundly stated that the reformation of a nation cannot be achieved without the reformation of its youth. And indeed, a reformation cannot be reached without the reformation of his youth. His Holiness has mentioned this, you know, and you know, when he said, take a new pledge that we shouldn't utter any false or any lies mm. again to the youth. Very, very holiness. powerful words, isn't very it? Very powerful words indeed. So, you know, it's always great, you know, his Holiness um, telling the youngsters 
how they should be acting, how they should be living. You should make you should be mindful of the friends you choose. You know, this is quite interesting. Yeah. Then what's going to be what's harmful of choosing friends, right? It could be anyone. You know, because the f- one thing which is always um even even when your parents say this okay be careful with your friends right make sure you choose good friends mm. because the influence right which they post on you is immense exactly. so if 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 your friends for example are involved in let's say Ill- illegal activities for example you might be persuaded at one point or the other to join them in in that activity exactly unless you're so powerful enough you might you might so strong you're able to get them out from there yeah um that'll be well and good but mostly it's like what happens you get influenced if there's 10 people saying okay let's no no let's go let's do this let's do that you say okay let's go let's do this exactly so yeah, it's really difficult obviously to understand the wisdoms which our elders have said oh his holiness is telling us sometimes like what what's happening but obviously it these words which his holiness has said to the youngsters is very powerful very in depth very mm. in simple way that's why his holiness mentions uh, explains it mm. so that's that's the so a child who is 7 or 8 at that time he's able also understand what's being mentioned i think it's very important as all well what his holiness mentioned that you know a nation cannot be reformed without the reformation of the youth and that is the saying of the of the of the second caliph of the Correct. community as well isn't it may allah be pleased with him that if we want the future if you want our next generation to prosper the youth of today are tomorrow's leaders right mm-hmm. so if we can educate if we can inculcate good morals and good conduct into the youth of today tomorrow you know the leaders of tomorrow are going to right. be have those good morals going to have those good good ethics good conduct they're going to be you know educated as well and obviously religious practicing practicing their their religion as well now if this is the case then that whole society that whole nation can can prosper but obviously as you mentioned that friends have a very deep impact into I, I, into into youngsters especially because if you have good friends and they they accept you for who you are right if you mm-hmm. have differences if you you know if you're a muslim your 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 the color of your skin is different everything about you is different to them but if they accept you in that and you choose those good friends that can be a very positive step towards you being you know open-minded as well Indeed. and for them to be open-minded also and with that you can also tell them that this is you know this is what the society does but this is what my religion teaches me and th- because of the because of this teaching of my religion i don't get involved in these bad things you don't see me you know getting drunk and hitting people or getting into fights or abusing other people and that sort of thing because i am pro- prohibited to to go out and drink anyway correct so i don't i don't get involved in these vices then those other people then you know their friends can actually look into this and say you know that's actually a very positive thing you're not getting involved in this because you know you're nipping it in the bud so islam is very like you know we mentioned this in the beginning of the show so that islam is a very universal religion a very comprehensive religion and it's it's a way of life correct if you if you live your life according to islam and the islamic teachings the islamic values your life will be a much better um a much better place uh, and a much you will have your life will be much more pleasant as well Indeed. and you're much more happier also and content so with all these things it's important that we firstly obviously know what our teachings are our beliefs are in the first place and then when we do know what our teachings are to be 
happy about them, to be to openly express them, and to be um, and to be you know to be pleased with them as well, content with our teachings as well, so that we don't feel as we don't feel ashamed, we don't feel down, we don't feel as if we're inferior. Mm-hmm. But it could be the opposite as well. You don't want to have inferiority complex, but obviously on the other side, you don't have you don't want to have any superiority complex as well. Correct. Because when you have that, then you bec- start becoming proud. Then you start boasting. Then you start saying, <coughs> "Oh, I am better than you." But you know, obviously, in Islam, we're always told that look out for your brothers, look out for the society, and don't harm anyone, whether it's with your tongue, whether it's with your hands, even if even your thoughts, because obviously thoughts lead to actions as well, isn't it? So these things are very, very much important. Indeed, and it's important for us to inculcate this within the youth because obviously like we mentioned and like you mentioned as well they are the leaders of tomorrow yes you know with the youth one thing which always comes in mind is about prayers hmm. right that's why the Holy Quran hasn't just mentioned uh, observed prayer once or twice but it has been mentioned about 47 times in the Holy Quran that observe prayer it's because just to r- r- remind it over and over again so that's 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 the last thing. If the youth is able to have a connection mm. with Allah the Almighty, that also helps them, you know, succeed, yeah. understand what's happening, understand why they even pray for. So having that connection or that struggle or or, or that fun while um and praying, then then you understand. Even for the myself, when I was really young. I'm still, I'm still young, <laughs> 26 today, Alhamdulillah. So, Alhamdulillah. Uh, today, so, today, yes. So, but, but when I was young, in my, in my uh, GCSE years, year 10, year 11, yeah. it's a you teenager age. Yeah. You, you, you were trying. Oh, you're still understanding what the world is all about. You're still learning. Still exploring, you, isn't it? Still exploring, and prayers were one thing which you know was a question mark sometimes for myself yeah. also at that time like mm. why is that What's why we do we even pray what's the mm. reason especially why five times a day five times yeah. a day while other people just go for example <laughs> once a week why yeah. do we have to pray five if times even. a day Yeah, and it was, it was it's a difficult task you know for a young mind at that time to understand sometimes but over time you understand why it's really important and that's why you know we sit uh, set, set out the awareness because if you have a connection with Allah the Almighty Allah the Almighty is there to help you he's the one who can provide he's mm-hmm. the one who can guide you he can, he's the one who can make you understand what's been happening right exactly only he is um, the one who you pray for too and you, he's the one you only ask for help. It's mentioned exactly. clearly in the exactly. very first chapter of the Holy Quran that and so that's why we have to understand this very concept also about prayer. Why do we ask for help? Why do we pray to him? Why do we ask for help from him? Yeah. So hopefully, you know, the youngsters will be able to understand or take heed to this also. Yeah, absolutely. One thing, um, well, it always, you know, I was, I, I was. <laughs> one thing leads to another. One thing yeah. leads to the other. Yeah. I, I was speaking to my local leader, leader, right, a youth leader. Well, mm. we, what we call a guide, right? Guide means right. leader. A guide sub means respected leader, right? Yeah. And he mentioned this also. I will, I will also play the, the recording which we had. You spoke to him earlier. Spoke to him yeah. earlier, and I'll play that um, recording in a bit also. You know, he one thing which he mentioned, or he messaged me later onwards also, letting yeah. you know, you know, the, about the pledge, the, the pledge, the pledge we, that we, we make. Yeah, basically, exactly. 
for the youth we also make a pledge and it has the wordings that I will sh- I shall sacrifice my life all time and honor for the sake of my faith um, country and nation yeah right so these um uh, this thing especially for some youngsters was an eye opener and they started um actually sacrificing time and started coming in to, because it's like no I want we want to learn we want to understand what religion is all about hmm. and they came through then to understand what religion does and even for some right there is a um, poem right which which say khidmat din ko ek fazl ilahi jana right which hmm. means consider the service of faith a blessing from allah the almighty yeah. a blessing from god blessing so from god. so helping your faith is actually a blessing disguise because it teaches you everything from a very young age even we had a annual gathering right now in germany where about 47000 people came mashallah yeah, yeah. So. and you, from a very young age you see a, a water boy who's 5 6 years old so young give um water to the guests who are sitting there which you have never met which you have never seen or most probably will never meet again yeah. right but at that time you feel happy providing that service and in the person's in heart right they always somewhat they always giving some kind of prayer to them right may allah bless you zakallah yeah. right yeah these prayers eventually lead out to other things all, all the miraculous things and you see the youngsters who started off as a water bringing water they're now running different shows over there uh the editors they're in charge of, uh, things, yeah. in charge of uh, of other stuff right managers and directors yeah exactly and they started off from very small thing because they were they, they would started it started learning from very some very young age you know there's a you just reminded me of a, of a saying of the holy prophet muhammad peace and blessings of allah be upon him sayyidul qaumi khadimuhum yes. the the leader of a nation is the servant of the nation now that is very very beautiful and the holy prophet peace and blessings of allah, blessings of allah be upon him has said that if you want if you want to become a a leader of a, of a country or for a nation or for a people right that leader doesn't just sit on his throne and order people around it's not like that mm-hmm. you that that the leader has to you know get on the gra- grassroots level first get on the ground level do the work himself and just like you mentioned in the beginning when they were very young they start off with uh, a, a small sort of uh, a duty right when they get a bit older they get a bigger duty a bigger duty when they get a little bit old, more older and when they get you know even more older they might become in charge of that particular duty or that responsibility. So when children have been given this responsibility, it doesn't matter how small it may be or how big it may be, they're learning from that and their right. experience gains from that as well. And this actually teaches us that Islam is a very hands-on religion. It's not just about ordering or oh, you do this or oh, you do this, you do that and I'm just going to hear and you know just uh, just in- enjoy life. No, it's not it's not it's not like that. Of course you can enjoy life, but we need to do something to attain something as well correct isn't it so that's why you know when i was speaking to my um guide at that time he said because of this uh, poem especially he said i don't want to miss out from the blessings mm-hmm. so here is the recording of shafqat mahmood which uh, which which whom i spoke to him earlier yeah. and i would like our listeners our listeners to listen to it too auz billahi minash shaitanir rajeem bismillahir rahmanir rahim welcome to another edition of the drive time show today we'll be speaking to Shafqat Mahmood who is a youth leader for the local Fontaine Heat branch and he is, has 
studied physics and is working also, oh, well, he's starting work um, as an assistant teacher. With a short introduction, first of all, Aslam Alaikum, Shafkat, how are you? Alaikum Aslam, I'm very well. Jazakallah for having me. How are you? Alhamdulillah. Uh, sorry, you know, the first thing which comes to my mind is to, to say guide sub. So for our listeners, guide means leader and sahib is just for added as respect. So if sometimes I switch from Shafkat to guide, that's all, don't worry. It's still, it's still, uh, so you won't understand what guide means. It means he's a, a leader for, for us. So he's my local um, youth leader also, Shafkat. So um, Shafkat, we are... Today's topic is about identity crisis, living in the West as a young Muslim. So I wanted to ask you this question that, you know, um, in today's society, many youth face, for example, um, the identity crisis between themselves. So they have this have a split opinion on world and religion. So how can we um, teach our youth to maintain their religious aspect in today's society? Um, I think that's a good question, and I think this is probably something that um, uh, something I faced when when I was growing up, um, and maybe a lot of youth my age, certainly your age, would feel this way as well. I think first you've got to understand wh- where the identity crisis is coming from. I think it can f- it can feel like uh, a clash between two different surroundings, two different environments. Mm-hmm. Like from for example, for me, I was coming. I'm from an immigrant family coming to the United Kingdom. There's a different culture here, and I was growing up in a different culture. Um, and that that can cause a sort of conflict internally uh, as to where should one go, you know. Uh, and the same question arises when it comes to religion. I think uh, nowadays there's a growing, there's a large um, space growing between religion and the modern world. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are there are many different reasons as to why this is happening, but. As to how one should navigate through this, uh, I think, fortunately, as Zambi Muslims, we have the teachings from the Holy Quran, uh, which show us that Islam shows us that it's a it's a navigator through life. And so by being closer to our religion, Islam helps us uh, navigate through these tricky situations. Um, and I think that's what I found in my personal life as well that every time where there's been sort of a precarious situation where I've not been too sure of um, whether this is the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do, yes. I think going back to what I've been taught through my religion has, has helped me understand how to go through those situations. And then speaking a little bit more wider, it's helped me understand who I who I can become. Because in Islam, we obviously have the example of the Holy Prophet Muhammad, mm-hmm. who peace, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, who, of course, was the most perfect being. And then in more modern uh, days, we have the promised Messiah, uh, peace be upon him, and uh, we have Hazul, Khalif al-Masih, may Allah be his helper, um, who are constantly showing us that, you know, it's it's possible to be a good Muslim being in, 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 uh, in the Western world. And I think, sorry, go on. Yes, um, Obviously, that's a, um, sorry, uh, Shafkat, um, you know, as you mentioned, um, you have a background, for you, you immigrated to this country. So it's, I faced a similar uh, situation when I moved there from Germany in 2009. It's a, a new culture for myself, trying to bring myself up with world and religion, always clashing and trying to navigate how can I have my religious aspect 
still connected to me when I was in at a very young age at 13, 14. Many questions were arisen up, but luckily we had um, many missionaries at that time also, or our elders who did navigate and try and help me uh, understand our religion. But in today, you have, you have people, uh, mashallah, like you, who are trying their best to show the worldly aspect and the religious aspect because you um, obviously have a profession, you have studied physics, and you understand how the world works, and you understand uh, um, what religion is all about. So what can we teach um, the youngsters who are coming up or they're facing the same challenges or something different to what we, what we face? Um, I think it's always helpful to give your example, uh, your own examples, uh, how you navigated uh, through through life um, in situations where you've been sort of been an outsider. I think uh, what we have in the Ahmadiyya Muslim Jamaat in our youth organization is we obviously with the guidance of Khalafat, we have a system which I think attracts a, a vast variety of youth. You know, we have various grassroots efforts which, you know, look at raising the moral, spiritual, physical, mental um, and educational standards of the youth. Um, and I think when you look at it like a net, uh, it makes it easier uh, as as a youth to fall back on that. Um, that you, if you're interested in a certain sport or if you're interested, if you have a certain hobby, you know that with the various grassroots efforts that we have, that you can connect with other Qudam who, who will have similar interests and tastes to you. And that becomes a gateway to understanding what your identity is. Uh, and you sort of have this picture where you're part of something larger than just, just yourself. Exactly. So, so, you know, before I let you go for today, uh, could you tell our listeners uh, about your experience as a youth leader and how you were able to connect to your religion? Um, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I think I won't go at it from a personal perspective, but I gotta go at it from what I've what I've seen from the youth that I've been dealing with. Right, I think the the first thing I learned very quickly whilst being in this role was that um, every individual has their own journey. There is yes. no uh, A to B type of way. You you might have to go A to Z, then get to B first to. Uh, to get to to get where you're trying to go to, mm-hmm. and so what I'm trying to say with this is that um, it, go, it goes back to what I've said said before is that if you want to connect with your religion, you go out there, find a partner, find a friend who has similar interests with you, start going to the uh, to the mosque, and I think this is what I saw with some of the the youth that I was dealing with that you know some of them you would have thought may may not ever turn up to to an event, but just because they were able to find a slight interest in something and they found someone else who had the same interest, they were able to connect and create friendship and have this mutual respect and, and come forward. And they slowly, slowly, alhamdulillah, became more regular in coming to the mosque uh, and participating. Um, and so I think that was something that I learned very quickly, that no no one individual's journey is going to be the same as another individual's. Um, so, yeah, that's what I was say for that. Zakla, for taking time out and um, agreeing to do a pre-record for the Tuesday show. Zakla, um, I hope, I pray and hope that you um, succeed in your endeavors in future also and the plans you have um, um, in, in your mind for the youth. Hopefully they will come out and be successful. Zakla, for joining us today. Zakla, for having me. Really appreciate Zakla. it. It's an absolute honor.
Indeed, it was an absolute, absolute honor having him and speaking with him, Jeff Kamul, who's my um, youth leader from, for the local branch. And, you know, we have also a second um, clip of His Holiness speaking to the youth uh, in the last year's convention of the youth, uh, speaking about the spiritual nourishment. Here is what His Holiness, Mella Allah, has said to the youth. Today, in this concluding session, I wish to mention some of the fundamental responsibilities and obligations of members of Majlis Khudam Alhamdiyya. Above all, you must never forget that the true purpose for which Allah the Almighty created human was for His worship. And in this regard, the primary form of worship are the five daily prayers, that is Salat or Namaz. Anyone who calls themselves a Muslim must pay great attention to ensuring that they protect and guard their worship, which requires them to be regular <clears throat> and punctual in offering namaz with utmost sincerity. <clears throat> the reason Allah the Almighty has made namaz obligatory is because a person cannot remain spiritually alive without it. In, all, in other words, Salat is, is, is indispensable and person's faith and spirituality cannot survive without it. With the grace of Allah, many young Ahmadis are very diligent in offering namaz and have developed a personal connection with Allah the Almighty. I have observed such a spirit within many young Ahmadis. I have met or it has become apparent through their letters to me. Yet there is no room for complacency regarding the worship of Allah the Almighty. We must never let our standards slide. We must continuously seek to improve and strengthen our connection with our Creator. Just as our physical bodies require food and air, in the same way our, need, our, our souls need continuous spiritual nourishment. Often people submit and bow down before Allah the Almighty with great fervor and humility. Humility when faced with difficulty or when they require something. However, as soon as their problems are resolved, their spiritual intensity quickly diminishes and they become lazy and lose focus on, uh, in their prayers. Their spiritual state changes like the weather. Sometimes it is warm, sometimes it is cold, sometimes the wind blows in one direction, sometimes in another. Sometimes after a period of hot weather, there is a torrent of rain or a cool breeze which serves as a source of 
temporary relief and joy, but is not a lasting player. Thus, just as a person is in perpetual need of air, food, and water, in the same way, if a person wishes to remain spiritually alive, they must ensure that they constantly nourish their soul through Salat. Hence, throughout your lives, Namaz should be the one constant companion that you never let go of. Moreover, Muslims are commanded by Allah the Almighty to come together to offer their prayers in congregation. During the last few years due to COVID, our mosques were closed or access was restricted. And Jamaat members were instructed to offer prayers in congregation at home. Thankfully, the situation has improved and we are once again able to hold our Jalsa, Ijtama and other functions. Government restrictions have ended and in terms of their day-to-day -day worldly activities, people have resumed their normal lives to a large extent. At the same time, having developed the habit of praying at home, some people are continuing to do so, rather than coming to the mosque or Salat center. They should realize that offering namaz at home was a temporary solution at the height of the pandemic, akin to administering oxygen to help a sick person breathe. Now, as the situation is, alhamdulillah, much improved, it is necessary to return to the proper means of spiritual salvation. As per the command of Allah the Almighty, which requires Muslim men to be regular in offering congregational prayer in their local mosques or salat centers as much as possible. Always keep in mind that namaz is the key ingredient for a person to live a moral life. It protects people from immorality and vice and drives them towards righteous and noble acts. It is the foremost means of fulfilling the purpose of our creation and of enabling us to attain the blessings and rewards of Allah the Almighty. Otherwise, without prayer and worship, our claim of being part of a righteous community, of having accepted the Imam of the age and being firm in faith are rendered meaningless and hollow. As I have said, the worship of Allah, namely through namaz, inspires us towards good and fulfillment of the rights of Allah the Almighty and of His creation. It is a great favor of Allah the Almighty 
that he has blessed our Jamaat with many sincere, with many sincere people of all ages ever ready for any duty, assistance or sacrifice. Whenever called upon, they immediately respond by saying, we are here and ready. The back. And present and present themselves for whatever service or sacrifice is required for their faith. For example, just recently, thousands of Ahmadis, men, women, and children presented themselves for duty at the UK Jalsa and act and uh, set aside their everyday work and routine for the sake of the Jamaat. And to some extent, the same happened during the preparation of this Ishtama. Many did not sleep properly for days or even weeks, but never once did they neglect their duties or express any sense of frustration or fatigue. Similarly, when it comes to financial sacrifice in the way of Allah, there are countless Ahmadis worldwide who contribute wholeheartedly whenever any scheme is launched and make great sacrifices in order to pay and in order to play their role in the propagation of Islam. At the same time, it is virtually important to remember that it is not enough to offer temporary sacrifices or to live righteous lives for just a few days. Rather, Allah the Almighty desires for a permanent state of righteousness amongst his people and as I have already outlined, fundamental to achieving this state is namaz. Indeed, reaching that stage is through namaz and prayer. Very yeah, exactly. powerful, wise words by His Holiness, may Allah be sahab. And very simple words, mm. and, you know, it's uh, that a youngster, I mentioned before, it's so they can understand what is actually the meaning of Islam, what's mm. the meaning of prayer, what is self um, 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 spiritual nourishment at, uh, at all. Exactly, exactly. You know, as we as we have been saying throughout the show as well, um, that the two fundamental teachings of, of religion is to fulfill the rest of God. Indeed. And His Holiness was just literally talking about that, isn't it? Mm -hmm. About prayer and uh, how we need to fulfill the rest of God and that is obviously through worship of God. Indeed. And of course, fulfilling, fulfilling the rights of mankind. And obviously, educating the people about uh, about the true teachings of Islam, that's one of our fundamental duties as well, as yes. Ahmadi Muslims. So so that's our youngsters won't have to have a conflict um, split, uh, between themselves. Yeah, what hopefully. should we do and how is it difficult to live in the West? So if the awareness and the education is out there, hopefully our next generation who won't be able to be, won't be facing these challenges, these problems, which challenges, our yeah. generation or the generation before us has faced. Exactly. And Shaji, exactly. mashallah, we have again hit the end of today's show nearly. Hmm. And... It, it, time just flies by whenever yeah. we're sitting here two hours no idea where they went today mashallah it was really <laughs> good presenting with you first of all I would like to uh, say Zakala and for the technical department always great and pleasure working with them Akib, by mm. Akib, brother Akib 
and also for the first hour we had um, Sabiha Mubashir who has um, present uh, produced uh, the show and for the second hour I would like to say thank you to myself also <laughs> okay. it was no, great no, no, it, no, was, it was interesting speaking about and Zakla it is it's interesting yeah. Sp- um, speaking and produ- um, sp- doing a show with you Shajil yeah I mean until next time Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all